Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady on. She's an attorney. She is an author. She is Christina Bob. Christina, how are you? Good to see you. Great. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Actually, you're an attorney for President Trump. I mean, that's really a big deal. I've got to ask you right from the start. We'll get into your book, which is called Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024 in a moment. But how do you become the attorney for President Trump? That's a really big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I appreciate that. So he was following my uh, reporting on the election and my investigations and uh, we he connected with me because he was curious about the backstory and like he you know he wanted more information right. on what I was finding, and then one day he was like, "Hey, do you want to come run efforts for me in in my campaign?" And I thought, "Of course, of course I do." Right. So it was great. I was so excited. I'm still thrilled, and it's been, already been a very wild ride, and I expect it to get even more so. You know, it's interesting because um, I've re- interviewed the president now. 12 times, I think. And one wow. time I was invited to the White House in 17 and just one of five shows that was invited. And what I find about President Trump is I think what you would agree with, if you are fair with him and if you're good to him when you have an interview, like I've asked him hard questions. He doesn't mind that as long right. as you're fair. And if you right. show a bit of loyalty to what you say, um, and that's, I guess, what he saw in you. As a reg- as a guy away from the cameras, he's just a really nice guy who wants to surround himself with people he knows aren't going to backstab him. Yeah, you're exactly right. He is astonishingly approachable and uh, easy to, to talk with. He's Really, really phenomenal. I absolutely love working for him and with him, and I believe in everything that he's trying to do for this country. And, and I couldn't agree more. I'll give you one quick anecdote, not that you asked, but my daughter, Sam, is my executive producer, and I took her to the White House with me. He sat down. I'm sitting there. You know, Hope is there. Everybody's there. And um, we're about to start the interview. I said, oh, by the way, this is my daughter, Sam. Ju- the camera's not rolling. He's not on tape. Nobody sees him do this. Jumps up, runs over, shakes her hand. How you doing, Sam? So nice to meet you. And, and, and the reason I tell that story is because people... People expect him not to be that guy, don't they? Right, right. They expect him to not care what people think or to be very, he's prestigious. Like he lives a very prestigious life um, or in a very elite type life. But he really, really cares about people. And it's really remarkable. Uh, It's just so interesting because I think most of us think that if we got into a position like that or or achieved that level of success, we would forget about everybody else. Right. Uh, But he doesn't. He doesn't. He really cares about the individual people. Let's get into your book, Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. Didn't you get the memo? You're not allowed to talk about the 2020 election. (laughs) What are you thinking, Christina Bob? Come on. So when you thought you would put this together, did that weigh on you at all? Or you said, I'm just going to tell the truth. It doesn't matter what people think. Um, Well, it's my story. Yeah, I'm just going to tell the truth. I mean, I've already been, you know, slandered and defamed for a variety of reasons. Yeah. So you know, what's one more? I mean, in this one, it's it's my story. Yes, I have some of the findings and all that from the states, but it really is my personal investigation and the conversations that I had. And I thought, you're like, I don't know, one, I don't know how anybody can disprove anything that's in there because it's all my firsthand experience. Um, but, you know, honestly, at this point, and this is the problem on their end when they do this, who cares? Right. Who cares if they call you an election denier? Who cares if they call you a conspiracy theorist? Who cares if they block your tweets. Thank God Elon Musk, you know, is reversing that. Who cares yeah. if they don't let you post to YouTube? I mean, at some point, you know, you just got to live your life. 
No, I agree with you. And, and what's interesting is that's exactly what they do. They'll call you an, an election denier. They'll call me an election denier for having Rudy Giuliani on or Mike Lindell on right. to talk about the election. Um, they'll call Trump an election denier. While Jamie Raskin denied the election in 2016. <laughs> he literally challenged the votes right. from Florida. When Hakeem Jeffries, right. now the minority leader in the House of Representatives, called Trump an illegitimate president the entire time he was a president. Another election denier. So we've got these right. people who are doing exactly what they're accusing us of doing. The difference is we have have what I believe to be verifiable proof, there were some major issues in 2020. They don't have any proof about 2016. How do you deal with that, knowing that they're calling you what they're doing? Well, they're they're doing, I I take that they're doing it because they know that they're cheating. They know that they're lying. So the, the only way that they can continue to keep this going is by intimidation tactics and pressure tactics okay. and smear tactics. And as long as you, you're willing to work through that, I do believe we will correct this. We will improve it. We will make it better. We will get America back. Um, the wait, I, don't, I don't think this current Democrat party and the current government, like with Joe Biden and this administration, I don't think that, I, I think their base is so corrupted or their foundation, I should, say, should yeah. say, is so corrupted. I don't think they're going to be able to support themselves much longer because they're crumbling under the weight of their own corruption. So, you know, I, I've got time. You know, I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to investigate and uh, see what I can do to save this nation. And I fully suspect that they will self-destruct at some point. I think they're starting to. I mean, when you watch Joe yeah. Biden each and every day, if he speaks, they're they're definitely falling apart. And right. I think that you and I probably would agree that the leaks about Biden's documents didn't come from the right. That came from Democrats. They want him out of the way now. Uh, in yeah, my opinion, they, I don't know if yeah. you agree with that. No, I completely agree with that. I, I think they want him out of the way. I, I don't think it was the Biden administration, though. I think they were bartering and begging to the media not to leak it Agreed. For, for as long as possible. I think there was a little bit of a rift between the Democrats on that point, because certainly the fact that Joe Biden has done far worse. Donald Trump didn't commit any crimes and do anything wrong. Right. But Joe Biden's actions with the classified documents actually were. And so now it's going to be very, very hard for them to take any negative action against Donald Trump because of this situation with Joe Biden. So that's why I think there was some tension. I'm a, this is just my speculation, but I think there was some tension within the Democrats uh, whether or not to put it out or not, because obviously there are Democrats that don't want Joe Biden running. They don't want him in the way anymore of whatever the crazy agenda they have coming next. And so they want they wanted to use this to get him out of the way. The problem is it also kind of blocks them from doing anything to Donald Trump. So yeah, I, I don't well, I don't I would have loved to see those discussions <laughs> as they were negotiating what to do because they're gonna have to do some kinds of crazy trickery mental gymnastics yeah. to to thread the needle they're trying to thread. Well, I think you're exactly right. I mean, we all know that President Trump just by virtue of saying, Hey, take those boxes to my house on the nineteenth of January, still was the president, basically declassifies them just by saying that. Joe Biden couldn't declassify anything. Mike Pence couldn't declassify anything. Right. Anybody else who's got these documents, unless they classify them to begin with, can't declassify them. So Biden yeah. is in hot water, but they, they've hidden this since he was in the Senate. He's yeah. had some of these documents since he was the, in the Senate before he was even the vice president. And guess what? Obama can come out today and say, oh, by the way, I declassified all that stuff that Joe has. And it would be over. It's kind of interesting, Christina, that he's not, isn't it? Well, yes. I think the whole classification thing is kind of a red herring because... It like whether they're classified or not. Well, actually, I mean, there is some importance to whether they're classified. I right. want to know what Joe Biden's doing with those documents. Right. 
But for Donald Trump's case, it doesn't matter if they're classified or not. He he is covered by the Presidential Records Act, which supersedes any other statute that they're they could potentially try to you know throw at the president. Right. But because he's covered by the Presidential Records Act, it is the president, i.e. Donald Trump, and only the president who decides which records he gets to keep and which ones he has to return to NARA. That has been tried. Judicial Watch tried to challenge that uh, challenge that uh, statute in the we call it the you know the Clinton sock drawer case. Right. And the court ruled, nope, it is the president and only the president who gets to decide what is a presidential record and what has to be returned to NARA. So. It's why, are, then why are we here it's then? Yeah, why are we here? Exactly you know, right. great question. Why are we here? Yeah. It seems they they forgot about the Presidential Records Act, I, I, and I actually do think they kind of did forget about the Presidential Records Act because if you look at the the inventory that they created uh, after the search, after they raided Mar-a-Lago and they had to give me the inventory with the search warrant, right. Uh, and in the search warrant, actually, they say we're looking to seize presidential records, but you don't you get can't. to do that. You don't have the authority <laughs> to do that. Right. right. And so that's what I thought. You know, I get the warrant and I'm like, you can't do that. Right. So um, I do think they're I, I, I'm being a little facetious when I say, oh, they forgot about the Presidential Records Act. I, I do think they did a little bit. No, I, I don't disagree with you. And by the way, that that magistrate should never have signed that warrant that said, basically, take anything you see. I mean, anything I, what, from what, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Right. You can't just make a generic warrant like that. And, and the guy says, oh, yeah, sure. That sounds good. Of course, he yeah. was a Clinton fan. It's Christina Bob. Her last name is B-O-B-B. Go follow her on all the social media. Christina Bob, Christina with a C. Um, she's got a book out called Stealing Your Vote, The Inside Story of the 2020 Election and What It Means for 2024. I I agree with you that the foundation is crumbling under the Democrats, yet they still somehow, wink, wink, nod, nod, win the governor's office in Arizona and win that Senate race that they shouldn't have won. Right. Um, you've also got rhino Republicans like Mitch McConnell who are not supporting the, the Republican candidates as much as he can, certainly not monetarily. The president, President Trump, supported them like crazy, and most of the, the people he supported won. But we're still seeing what some people consider stealing the vote in 2022. Can it be fixed by 2024? Yeah. It can be fixed by 2024, but we have to change our approach to doing it. From 2020 to 2022, we really focused on state legislators passing different legislation and, uh, you know, leaders, the, the process of the election. And personally, I think we have learned our lesson. You know, there was some good policy and some good legislation passed throughout the country. Clearly, there wasn't enough. I, I don't think that's going to be the solution, although it's a good thing that we need to continue to do. I think the solution is the American people. Uh, the American people need to get involved. I, yeah, I've, I've interviewed hundreds of people around the country on what they experienced uh, in their states surrounding both the 2020 and 2021 and 2022 elections. And the overwhelming story that I'm hearing is that Democrats vastly outnumber Republicans as election workers and as poll workers and as volunteers observing the polls. Uh, one In one situation in Detroit, there were a few people that told me they were no, outnumbered about 100 to 1. For every Republican that was working at this facility, there were 100 Democrats. So we can sit and complain and go, oh, that corrupt Secretary of State, and, oh, that corrupt this and that corrupt that, and there may be valid points in that. But at the end of the day, if the Democrats are still turning out 100 times more people to volunteer and actually work the election, yeah. 
I mean, what what are we complaining about? Well, why was that allowed? At that time, the, the Michigan uh, legislature was Republican. It's all Democrat now, but it was yeah. Republican then. Why did they allow that? And you and I both know that many, many states, of Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, other states, they just didn't follow the election laws that were passed by the legislatures right. and the Constitution provides that the legislatures make those laws. Why was yeah. that okay? Why did nobody do anything about it? I mean, judges literally, and you know this, turned away 60, 70, 80, 100 cases. They didn't yeah. hear them why well the judges that's the whole another topic that okay. is infuriating <laughs> that i i think our judiciary system not even the system the actual judges themselves yeah. i think they are chronically averse to anything challenging but that's their you know, job I, it's their I, job I, to I adjudicate. I completely agree. Completely <laughs> agree. But right. they don't want rioters showing up at the door. You know, they're nervous. They feel vulnerable because it's just them. They're alone. You know, whatever. There's there's a number of reasons, but they're proving to us that they do not want the responsibility of holding criminals accountable. Uh, and then as far as why didn't the legislators do enough, I think the Republican Party has proven to the American people that over the last few decades, they have become the party of cowards. They are absolute cowards, and rather than fight for conservative values, they would rather uh, concede on on the important points, allow Democrats to run away with whatever Democrats want just to get along. They just want to keep their seats. They don't want to rock the boat. They want to preserve the status quo, and let's all pretend like everything is great. Well, they've been doing that for so long now that our country is circling the drain. So that's why I think these legislate like Michigan is a great example. Michigan is a republic in after the 2020 election is a Republican legislature. They had had that legislature for 45 years at that time, 43 years, right. solid Republican, both House and Senate. And that was the only legislature in the country that refused to investigate the 2020 election. Every other state, granted, some of the uh, the efforts, well, all of the efforts were insufficient, but right. some were stronger than others. But Michigan refused to do anything. Not only did they not, did the legislatures not use their uh, power to investigate what happened in 2020, but they actually wrote a report, the Senate, this came from uh, McBroom, Senator McBroom in Michigan, that the Democrat Attorney General, Dana Nessel, they actually recommended that the Democrat Attorney General investigate people who are questioning the results of the election. Right. So they actually wanted to target their own constituents. Now, why I find that interesting, um, and in the in my book, I had written this book before, I completed it before the midterm election, yeah. but I had titled Michigan, The Rhino's Alamo, and I didn't realize that would end up being a prophetic no, it's uh, so statement. true. Yeah, because they ended up in 2022. Remember, they've had both the House and Senate for 45 years, and they fully expected to keep the House and Senate Republican, and they lost both. And I believe they lost both because they did nothing to try to correct 2020 and they did nothing to try to expose it. So it literally cost them their seats. It's Christina Bob. Get this book. It's called Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. It's available right now on Amazon. Go to Amazon. Get this book. You're going to want to read this book. Firsthand experience on the campaign trail, seeing what happened there. A, a quick side note on Michigan. I was a television news anchor in Michigan for eight years and I, I still have a house there. So I'm still a taxpayer in Michigan. And um, that that state 
is exactly what you just explained. The the Republicans just sort of got along, keep along, let's not you know start any trouble, and they literally had the legislature taken away. Right now, it's a it's a Democrat governor. She's horrible. It's a Democrat lieutenant governor, Democrat attorney general, second only to maybe Keith Ellison as being a horrible uh, attorney general in the country. Ellison, of course, in Minnesota, um, in Dana Nessel. She actually said she was going to go after journalists, not just regular citizens. I will yeah. I will go after journalists and investigate them and maybe arrest them for misinformation if they just report stuff. Uh, and now you've got the legislature completely went over to the Democrats as well. Now you've got abortion on demand. And between you and me, don't tell anybody, Christina, Michigan is a red state. It is. It is very but, but, red. But they've allowed this to happen because the Republicans yeah. were so weak. Yeah. No, that that's right. That's so, right. So, so what do you do? What is your advice? Watching what uh, you and I agree that the vote was stolen yeah. in 2020. We haven't said exactly how we think so, but you on the campaign trail saw 100 to 1 Democrat to Republican. Yeah. You saw that Republicans were turned away on the day of, whereas the Democrats all voted early. You see that mail-in balloting is in question. Just check out 2,000 mules. So what specifically can those watching and listening right now do to ensure this stops happening? Get involved. Don't rely on your elected officials. Don't rely on your state leaders to fix it because they're not going to. So Michigan citizens need to get involved. And I will give a big round of applause to some of the folks in Michigan because they there are many grassroots that have started. There are several investigative groups that have started grassroots efforts and they're doing their own investigation. They're uh, recruiting their own volunteers. They are doing what they know needs to be done in order to clean up the election. And we just need a hundred times more people to go do that. So if everybody just cleans up their local area, everybody cleans up their precinct, and then above that, their county and the chain of custody in between, we'll have a clean and fair election. But we haven't been doing that yet. So that's where we need to go. Get her first at hand experience in the 2020 election. Go to the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. The name of the book is called Stealing Your Vote. It's Christina Bob. Go to Amazon right now and get it. Christina, thanks a lot for coming on. Let's do this Thank again very so soon. I really appreciate you. Yes, please. Let's do. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. We appreciate Christina Bob coming on. I'll put that interview and the interview with Dr. Robert Malone up on Rumble tonight. Make sure you go and look at it. And make sure you stop by Instagram and check out the Come On videos. Let's do some pop culture. Hi, Paul. What's going on? So have you seen this uh, situation happening with Priscilla Presley and and Lisa Marie's estate? No. What's going on? So apparently um, she's... Trying to file, I guess, to control the, the estate, even though it's uh, Riley. Kehoe has been named the trustee. I guess there was some amendment that happened in 2016 that, that removed Priscilla Presley from there. But I guess she's she's contesting it uh, because the, the I guess her name is misspelled on there. And it looks, doesn't even look like her Lisa Marie signature. And she's trying to get it to go back to 2010s. Um, that sucks Definitely. to have to deal with this after all this death and all this mayhem. Well, I'll look into it. Have a good weekend, Polo. Thank you, CJ. I'm Joe. We'll see you. This is the Joe Pegg Show.